There's no right way to do it. Oh, we're going to get into it. All right. Good afternoon, best friends. I'm here with my best friends, Whitney and Candace, and this is the Mom Group Chat Podcast. Hey. It's so proper this time. I felt like I was being welcomed into a, a formal interview. <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just Mom Group Chat Podcast. Love. How's everybody doing? Whitney, your induction date is less than a week away. Yes. How are you feeling? Um, She's very low, but there are no signs of her coming early, which is such a bummer. I was like really hoping I could work her out early, but it's just not looking that way. I'm like not even dilated. She's just in the right position. But you're just, faced, right? I guess. He just said it was soft and I was like, all right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> when in your appointments did you start getting cervical checks? Because I never got a check. This was my only one. Really? Yeah, he never, never had one. He, he didn't offer I, it at all, like the two week before or three week. I mean, knowing I have an induction a week ahead, he. I mean, it's probably like there's no point. Uh, it, like if she came, she came because I'm coming early anyway. So, yeah, I guess now that I think about it, I did have one two weeks before my induction. And that was when they told me I was two centimeters dilated, like two weeks out. And then do you remember that one time, like when I, at at the very end, I thought I might be leaking um, fluid. Um, no. What's it called? That memory is not clear. Well, I, I you guys were in newborn land, so it totally makes total sense. But um, I ended up going to the ER because I thought I was leaking, um, what's it called? Amniotic Amniotic, fluid. yeah. Uh, and so I had a serve and that was probably a week before my induction and, um, you were just juicy. I was, not, I was just juicy. <laughs> oh my God. So I juicy. Was, <laughs> I was not leaking amniotic fluid. Uh, but I, they checked my cervix at that. So that was a week before and oh. I'm still two centimeters dilated and I begged the nurse. I was like, please, I'm already here. Just, yeah let's just leave i'll just go across the street check yeah. myself like, in i'm here well it was like the emergency room at the women's hospital so it's not even across the street it was like i was there yeah. like i was in labor and delivery and so no she wouldn't they wouldn't do it they're like sorry girl you gotta go home i know so I guess you do be getting it. desperate at oh, the end it's like so please like i would do anything at this time when he checked me yesterday i was like come on like Bust oh, through I mean, I was, something. I was sticking primrose primrose oil at my hoo ha every primroids. night. <laughs> primroids, primroids, <laughs> y'all. Uh, but I swear that is what softened my cervix. I still stand by that, and I can. I'm probably gonna do it again this pregnancy. Yeah, I mean, she's just. Um, I I had an ultrasound too, and she's definitely like hanging out in my vagine. Mm-hmm. Um, her head is so low and it's at night I'm so exhausted cause she's just, it, it hurts. I have yeah. to like lay down because it just, there's so much pressure, but looking like, uh, next week. Well, you need like distraction. I feel like mm-hmm. summer is not the best time because it's so flipping hot and there's like, yeah 
really no distractions. I guess it's back to school, but not really for us because yeah, Graydon's in daycare all the time. Yeah, I mean, TJ I, starts his little school, but I can't um, walk because it's ninety eight degrees here. So I'm like, mm. you're stuck inside. Yeah. Are you watching Bama Rush TikTok at least? Oh well, I have been. Whether I like it or not, it's all over my TikTok. <laughs> I'm invested. You, well, yeah. Obviously, I think we've all been watching. I have yeah. not been watching. I just see, I follow my old chap, like my chapter, Tri-Delta Alpha Psi from University of Florida. So I've like followed their social medias. So I see what they're posting and I'm just like so sad <laughs> when I watch <laughs> it. They, I don't know, it makes me feel very weird seeing what Spirit Week is now. I mean, like, yeah. I guess this is just generational differences, but they are but this just like seems like it's a whole manufactured content machine. Like the whole point totally. of it is to create content and they're so hot and they're doing all this like hot girl shit and they just look so like perfect. And then I think about our spirit week and it was like, it was like a fun sleepover. I mean, it was intense. We were doing all the rush stuff, but it was like, nobody was wearing makeup. Yeah, We were wearing pajamas the whole week. We were practicing our rush stuff, singing our songs and just like being casual and having fun together. I don't know. Literally we were in Nike shorts and oversized t-shirts for a week. There were no pictures. Like I, it's funny because I literally went back into my Facebook archives to try and find pictures of sisterhood week to, to do a comparison with what they do this with what they do now. And literally there are no pictures other than a couple Some. pictures. Same. I couldn't us, find shit. Like, no, but literally we're lounging around <laughs> yeah, the it living was like, rooms. Like, like a joke napping during, or something. Yeah, like during the breaks, we would take a nap and like literally we're all in oversized t-shirts and Nike shorts and we're just like laying around with my hair in a bun. Like the the way that they have a theme for each day of sisterhood and it's literally oh like – what Okay. I am How do they pay for it is my question. Like, oh my God. We had a bid day budget. That was the only day yeah. we decorated for. And now it's like not only do you have to buy all of your rush outfits and pay for bid day, which I think was covered by dues, you have to pay for every fucking day's decor yeah. and an outfit for every day of Spirit Week. And it's, and it's not just decor. It's like thousands of balloon arches and mm-hmm. intricate signs that are made and like props and like – it's just a freaking cash cow. I just am like, how do you afford to send your child to a four-year university? And then on top of that, sorority dues. And then on top of that, like the in order to keep up with the lifestyle of these like sorority girls. Yes. It's so much money. Yep. They're all doing like and- multi multi-step skincare. When I <laughs> Yeah, with like not, drunk elephant and yeah. like a freaking drop of moisturizer on my face for four years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I worry. Like I look at all the content and I'm like, good for them. But also like with my daughter coming, I'm like, mm-hmm. do I encourage her to like join this type of organization? I don't know. It's, I don't know. And I wonder so- how much of it is like real versus like – you know, the girls in the chapter are maybe just like 
oh, this is like, you know, whatever. There's like the TikTok girls doing their TikTok mm-hmm. stuff and we all have to like be back here in the back, like waving this <laughs> sign and like doing this balloon and like this is so silly. <laughs> or if everybody's like, no, this is like serious. Like we need to make sure we go viral. Yeah. And I, I can't stop thinking about logistics of it all being someone who was in charge of recruitment and the way we scheduled the days, like they for sure now have scheduled content times. They have to, they, it's like from 8am to 10am, everyone is taking TikToks. Everyone is taking pictures. You have to send all of your pictures and videos to the social chair. She will go through them. Like, I just know, like, they are run like full ass brands. There's definitely a director of content for sure. sure. 100%. And that is just so, I mean, part of me is like, well, you know, if my daughter were to go in, in join a sorority and do that role, that is amazing experience for the real world to be quite honest. But the odds of like, there's so much other bullshit involved that I'm like, I don't know if, if I would even want her to do that, I don't think I would want her to go to the university of Alabama and be in a sorority. I'm not sure. I mean, it's a different beast and I, I want her to gain so much life experience and like perspective about the world. And I think that Alabama, even though it's come a little bit further than when we were there, I still think it is like a bubble that doesn't offer a lot of like life and world perspective. So I don't know. It's scary out there, y'all. No, I completely agree. And like, not gonna lie, when we all joined sororities, how long ago? Like fifteen years ago, fourteen years ago. (gasps) Ew. No, you know, a long ass time ago. I am not under the delusion that I joined it for like a really diverse, like far reaching experience. Like I joined to party and And meet boys and make (laughs) Uh friends and go to football games and like be in a cool club. Like that's why I joined. Yeah. And have a house to eat at. And eat and like coming from all girls high school, I was like, I'm going to need like a little stepping stone here. Like I'm used to being around all girls, but you know, now it's like all of that still exists, but then it's like, and also you have to portray this brand to the world. Like Mm -hmm. you, the social media aspect of it all makes me very uncomfortable. And like, at Mm -hmm. least we didn't have that. Like at least once you got in and you went through recruitment, you could be like a weird creature (laughs) and we were all weird creatures and it was fine. But now I feel like the brand, like you said, Candace is, is basically like the epitome of joining a sorority is like, you're joining this brand and it's like mm-hmm. even more pressure, a lot of to pressure. Yeah. in I a know. certain way, 24 seven. And I'm like, it's the presenting 24 seven that is a problem for me or would make me feel worried about my yeah. daughter joining something like for that. sure. I think it doesn't offer a lot of room for like mistakes or from the same expression. Yeah. From what I see on TikTok now, and there are girls who have, you know, have been in it in the past couple of years and dropped out and are like letting it all fly now, just speaking, spilling the tea. And from what I hear from them, it's like very much like you step out of this line and you're ridiculed and made to feel like shit. And 
again, it just doesn't offer a lot of room for life experience or exploration. And I think it puts a lot of weight on that brand, that persona, that like what you look like, what you have. Um, and I hate that. I don't want it to be about what jewelry do you have or what clothes do you have or are you, do you have hokas on or blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> like I don't want that to be like the value of my daughter. I don't want her to only hold value in herself based on how much money we have or what, you know, what items we're able to buy. That's fucked up. I don't want that for her. And I feel like sorority like breeds that like mentality. Right. Uh, I was going to say, when did hokas become cool? Like, oh. I know, right? <laughs> They're like grandma and grandpa tennis shoes that right? are cushioned to the moon. Like but- if we had hokas in college, people would make fun of us. <laughs> I mean, Chris runs in them, which I get it. They're right. made for that, but it's just so funny. Um, but what I was going to say is like, I can see both sides because, you know, we know the other side of social media and it's like, you know, not everything is what it seems. And it feels Mm -hmm. like they just push to market to get as many girls to join in the beginning. And then you don't hear about the sorority at all, like the rest of the year. So it's like, Mm. is it really what it's like or are they just trying to get as many people or girls to join and like them the most and then it just kind of like disappears again so i don't know i feel like for university of alabama it's also like a huge branding thing just for the university like how many more people do they have applying and going to alabama because they want to be like in it's recruitment crazy. And rush. Like UNC here, I follow their Tridel too because I'm just like, let's see what they're up to. And they're like cute and they're posting pics, but they're not going nuts. So, you yeah. know, like they're like first day of school. And it's like pictures of them like drinking coffee and stuff at the house. And it's cute, but it's not the level of effort or money or production that you're seeing from like the big SEC schools, namely Alabama. Alabama marketing yeah. is insane. Like yeah. ever oh, since I, football I mean, blew we up, have I mean, so much money. It's crazy. The campus is gorgeous. They all have new dorms. Like everything's new just because of the amount of students going there now. I mean, it's crazy. So fun. Damn. <laughs> I feel like we need like a spinoff show that's just like Alabama slash SEC sororities in depth and we I want to interview somebody who like just went through it I want to do what the Alabama documentary didn't do do. do. yeah (laughs) yeah should I get my sister-in-law on here no seriously (laughs) like let's find some college girls and be like what's happening she's a sophomore she just recruited um and yeah she said it was crazy so I want to know what the budget was for spirit week I'll see if I can Can you take that as an action item what I'll see if they will tell her that um, I haven't really gotten in the nitty gritty. I feel like she'll visit whenever Margo's born. So I'll just try and dive in on that. Get yeah. The tea. All right. We'll have her on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> we'll throw her on when we talk to you about your, we'll be like, before we talk about Margo and her birth, let's get your, your niece, niece your cousin, your cousin. No, it's my sister-in-law. Oh, your sister-in-law. Let's yeah. get her on. Okay. You're on. She'll probably get kicked out. She's probably out. under NDA. Yeah. Like she's not going to be able to talk. Yeah. She's going to be like, hell no. I'm not coming on your mom podcast. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm not getting kicked out. It's the one episode that like blows us up nationally. <laughs> no, but like, let's do it. <laughs> Too funny. Uh, 
All right. Well, I feel like social media kind of ties into the topic we wanted to talk about today, which is a big one. Uh, I feel like we've been putting this one off because it's like it's a it's a big nut to crack, and it's mom guilt. Mm-hmm. It could go so many different ways. It means so many different things to different people. But to kick it off, I thought I would just cover like a few things I hope we dig into during our conversation. And then I have like a a first question for you guys to get us rolling. But an overall like theme that I've felt and like discussed with Andrew when we talk about mom guilt and how I experience it is like the difference between feeling guilty and feeling shame. So I definitely want to like dive into interesting yeah, guilt being like I've feel like I did a bad thing. Whereas shame I feel like is more about your identity and like your intrinsic value. Like I am a, a bad mother. I'm a bad person. So I feel like we, we say mom guilt but a lot of times what we're experiencing is shame uh, when it gets like really bad like that. But I wanted to cover some things that I wanted to cover. And then if there's anything that you guys specifically want to make sure we touch on, let's say that too. But mom guilt specifically for millennial women who, in my opinion, have a unique experience with like the cultural and societal pressures that we have um, and like social media specifically how mom guilt impacts our ability to be good and present moms, why it's bullshit, and then your best like anecdotes slash slash solutions to mom guilt so that we can get back to like enjoying motherhood and feeling that joy. Mm. Was there any like topics that when we got on the mic today, you guys were like, I really want to make sure we touch on this with mom guilt? I feel like – these are great. <laughs> yeah, this is like deeper than I <laughs> was even like in a good way because I'm thinking yeah. like very surface level like mom guilt. Like I guess I'm just thinking about when I experience it, but I feel like we're going to get into all of that and really go into yeah how we experience it and when. Yeah, that was like literally my first question that I wanted to open up with for all three of us is to answer what does mom guilt feel like for you? Like in your body, when you are feeling that guilt come over, like what does it feel like and how does it express itself? Like for something that I feel on a daily basis is like uh, picking Graydon up from daycare. Like I feel a sense of mom guilt if I'm not there to pick him up at a certain time. Like he's been there for this amount of hours and I start thinking about it, like overthinking about it in my head. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's, it's two 30. I have to leave here in like 15 minutes. And I like start, I feel like a pit in my stomach. And Chris is always like, Whitney, he's fine. Like he doesn't yeah. understand time. Like he doesn't know how yeah. long he's been there, but it's something that creeps over me every single day. Like just as an example, I don't know why but it's like I feel like I need to spend as much time with him as I can since I am part-time like me leaving him at daycare longer than he should be it's like oh my gosh I'm a bad mom for doing that or something like I need to spend as much time with him as possible because I have the opportunity or something so like Mm -hmm. that's something that presents itself to me every single day and Chris is like I don't get it like he can stay till four or five. And I'm like, no, I would never like allow that. 
I feel like I have a, a couple different like types of mom guilt, I feel. One of them is like, I guess they're all related, but one of them for me, like a big one is screen time. Like we are a TV family. <laughs> we we watch a lot of TV. Like I grew up watching a lot of TV. And don't get me wrong, like Alice isn't watching TV all day, but we let her watch movies and Disney movies. We let her watch Miss Rachel. And she, I think I might've mentioned this on our eating episode, like she eats a lot better when watching the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I know from, you know, reading literature and re- reading things on social media and seeing experts talk about this, like that's a bad habit from the information I have absorbed, like from the internet or whatever, like Mm -hmm. don't let your kids eat in front of the TV. Even as an adult woman, people are like, you eat extra calories when you're mindlessly eating in front of the TV. Don't eat in front of the TV. So for me, it's like this icky feeling in my everyday life when shit is hard and I just need her to eat. Like I turn on the TV and I know maybe she'll take a couple extra bites or something like that. And I, I, I get this pit in my stomach that's like, oh, I sh- like, I know this is wrong, but like, and I shouldn't do it, but I can't help it. I don't know. Like I, it, it's, I, and I feel like an insane amount of mom guilt around screen time. And then on the flip side of that, I also think sometimes I feel like she's learned a lot from the TV. I think the reason some, sometimes I think the reason her language is so good and stuff is because I have let her watch TV. So it's like this weird internal battle of like, which one is it? Like, I I don't know. I was going to say a lot of people feel the TV as like a guilt thing. A lot of Mm -hmm. people in my group chat are like, my kids are watching a lot of TV because we're all so tired. Like everyone's about to pop out another kid. Um, especially like being pregnant first trimester, you probably let her watch TV. Oh my god, more yeah, because I, like, I mean I'm gonna vomit. Unwell, just, yeah. Just watch TV, Alice. That's what I did too, and I'm to that point again. But I don't know. I grew up in front of the TV, and I still love it to this day. And I don't think I'm like weird or not social because of it. Um, yeah. A lot of people say like. Oh, if people aren't talking at dinner, like younger kids, it's they're like the iPad baby because they're used to eating out mm. at restaurants with the iPad. So I'm like, okay, I don't want to like raise an iPad baby per se, but like right. if it gives me 30 minutes to enjoy a margarita by myself or like and being able to talk to Chris, it's almost like, is it worth it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. So that's a hard I think it's like a I think screen time's a big one because it is helpful like it can be helpful Mm -hmm. but then there's also just in general as moms who have social media and like we have the internet and we have experts at our fingertips at all times like there's so much information that comes at us about how we should parent and what we should do and what's right and what's wrong so it's like every decision you make is harder and harder to just listen to yourself and trust your own intuition and just be like, I think it's fine for them to watch TV for 30 minutes. Instead, it's like, no, but I read that article and like my other friend doesn't let them do TV and like blah, blah, blah. It like ping pongs so much. And then I feel like it's that inability to like trust yourself that feels weird, Uh, at least for me. A lot of times I – 
Yeah. I try and think of mm-hmm. like who is telling me this information. Like, is it an is it the older generation because they didn't have that? Like they're thinking, oh well, your kid shouldn't grow up that way because my kid didn't grow up that way. So I, a lot of times I think, is it just because they're older and they think it's wrong? Or is there actual studies out there that say like your kid's gonna be really messed up if they eat in front of the TV? Yeah. Right. I mean, is that out there yet? Like, I feel like the kids that are the generation behind us are kind of the ones paving that way. Maybe they were the ones that uh, had the iPads because we didn't. And look at them go. They're like kicking ass on computers and TikTok and everything. So yeah but at the same time they're kind of fucked up I'm just to like present a different point of view like I do worry about too much screen time not that this is a screen time episode but like (laughs) I worry about like the access to social media and like the need to feel like a screen is part of your life like that's why I do think there's a difference between okay you're gonna watch a show for 30 minutes while we eat dinner and like you're gonna have unlimited access to this iPad where you like play games and you interact with it and it like gives you constant dopamine. Like I almost feel like even with Andrew and I, like watching a TV show now is like a wholesome activity because it's not social media. It's not like constant flipping to the next thing. It's like, no, you have to just like watch the show. No, I agree with you. Follow the story. But um, I think that's where my head was at. I wasn't thinking of like scrolling for a little kid I was more so thinking just tv well I I know from like from a psychology point of view the research on screen time from my own like research I also used to work for a child psychology office and there were they did a lot of content on their social media around screen time and the research on it has changed a little bit like before they used to say I think before 2010 or 2012, maybe I don't remember the exact date. They used to say like no screen time before two. That that was like mm-hmm. the recommendation. Now they have changed that. In that screen time is allowed, or not not that it wasn't allowed, but you can do screen time. They but they do suggest that parents are engaged. Yeah, and you know ask questions about the storyline or oh what color is Bluey's hat or you know, if they, if you are engaged with them and Mm. really, so they're not just like mindlessly staring at colorful pictures that actually it can be used as a learning tool and is not detrimental and all of those things. I think there are boundaries. So I, I try my very best if I do use screen time, obviously don't get me wrong. There are definitely times I'm like, I'm putting on 15 minutes of Miss Rachel. I got to go poop. Okay. I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> so like, and dad's not here. I don't know what you want me to do. That's um, a long poop. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I try also, if we are using screen time to like use that mentality to like ask questions about the storyline or say, what's that character's name or what color are her shoes or how many balls is she holding whatever to try and like spark that it's not just like a mindless thing so I don't know I think it's like there's mom guilt and then there's also things that I do to like combat the mom guilt (laughs) yeah um and I think what I was gonna say earlier about like another form of mom guilt I feel is definitely social media driven. Um, I will 
be scrolling on social media and I'll see like an amazing creator who has like play ideas for 18 month olds and they're creating these like intricate sensory tables and like these amazing activities. And I feel instantly like I'm not doing enough, which I feel like is part of what you said about the shame. I, I didn't label it as that until you said that Shannon, but Truly, it's like, God, I'm not a good enough mom. I'm a bad mom that I don't like have enough time to like build out these intricate playstations and like do all these activities and seeing what other moms or other caretakers or whatever are doing on social media can trigger mom guilt for me for sure that I'm just not doing enough or I'm not present yeah. enough. I feel like that speaks to one of the points that I wanted to discuss, which was like as millennial moms, like a lot of moms our age are working or we're just asked to do a lot. And even me as a stay-at-home mom, like I experience mom guilt when I'm not like 100% enjoying my time, which is a lot mm-hmm. of the time, yeah. you know, because yeah, I feel yeah. like it's a privilege and like I worked it out with my family that I'm able to do this. And like I chose basically, you know, I want to be really involved. And then there's days where I'm just like, I don't want to be really involved today. Yeah, yeah. And then I feel so bad. But then I know if I was at work like you, Candace, Mm -hmm. I would be feeling bad too. Yeah. Like there's (laughs) – hot. like you literally can't win no matter – No what you're being asked to do. And I think it's just like as women who take care of our house, who take care of the kids, who often are asked or like need to bring in income, like no matter where you split your time, you're going to be like sacrificing somewhere else. And I feel like that Mm -hmm. maybe even puts more pressure. I wanted to ask you guys, like Whitney, what you were saying about having to pick up Graydon at a specific time, like there's more is do you feel like there's more pressure on the time that you are spending with them because you're not with them all day? Like, oh, I haven't been with them all day, so now I need to make sure that this time is like the most extra special, like curated perfect way. time. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I, and a lot of times I feel kind of like you, Shannon. Like I'll pick them up and I'm like, oh my god, I'm definitely too early. Like I'm not feeling this right now. Like he's, <laughs> yeah. he has been. Over overstimulated today. He's in a bad mood. This is going to be a fun five hours with him. Uh, just me. If Chris is working late or something, and I'm like, oh no, you know. And that's when you feel bad. Um, and I and I like I said, I I can't do a ton right now. Like I can't take him to the park and treat him extra special, or take him on walks, or take him to the pool by myself because I can't catch him if he's like runs and jumps in the pool. Yeah. So it's like I just feel like I'm not doing enough right now. How I'm not like 100% on even after I pick him up after daycare. Oh, like feeling like your time with them is like extra important because you don't spend all day with them. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that way. Like, and it's, it's hard. Like after I've worked all day, like I'm mentally exhausted. Like it's so hard after my mom drops her off, like to feel like I want to be engaged when like (laughs) I want to veg, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Like wanting to take a break, you feel like shouldn't be allowed. Like you have to put 
them and their needs first because they're small and they're growing and like it's your job to like form them and make them be the best like little people they can be. And I feel like there's also this for me, this like weight that's like everything impacts how they're going to be as adults when like really I think what matters is like do they feel safe? Do they feel loved? Are they fed? Yes, yes, yes. Like them Mm -hmm. watching a tablet for 30 minutes isn't going to like make them a sociopath in the future. So So it's like zooming out sometimes and being like, okay, maybe this wasn't like our very best morning, but like we're having a good week or like we're having a good year even helps take some of the pressure off of those like – moments where you feel like you're not doing it right yeah what is it with our generation like we're always worried about the repercussions that are gonna happen to our kids is it because like everyone's in therapy now like I don't know he's <laughs> like I and I think Whitney you've said this before like I feel like I grew up in front of a tv like yeah <laughs> and I feel like I'm a very productive normal like yeah driven human being that has social skills and like all of those things granted social media was not around and I think the level of screens that are around like today is definitely higher but they're also an everyday part of everyone's lives and they're that's Mm -hmm. not changing anytime soon so to yeah to hold withhold screens and technology from your kid there's a chance that it's only going to make them want it more yes like you know what I mean yeah but so true but my friends growing like- up that didn't have TVs would come to spend the night at my house and want to that that's all they wanted to do was watch yeah. TV because I had one and I was like okay this isn't fun like <laughs> I wanted to play but yeah since they didn't have it it was it was like what they wanted to do so mm-hmm. it's true I I just wonder and maybe I should ask my mom this and I definitely like did our moms experience this level of mom guilt that we do as millennials. I don't think so. I think they, well, I mean, they didn't have anyone to compare to other than who was in their circle. And if yeah. they all were like on the same vibe and like hanging out at the pool with their kids every day, like you were doing amazing, right? <laughs> like you yeah. didn't see all the sensory bins and what every extra thing people are doing unless like, I don't know, moms are volunteer for PTA and you weren't. And it was like, well, it, that bitch Carol is doing the most or something like who knows yeah. yeah my mom was definitely like my mom worked full time she was the breadwinner of our family for most of the years of my childhood and so my mom was the one talking about that bitch Carol who's doing too much <laughs> but it probably came <laughs> but it probably came from like a place of mom guilt or like yeah. shame or you, jealousy that 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 woman yeah and so I definitely think there was a level of mom guilt probably that she did experience but I think there's a different like level of it today with the accessibility we have to see what everyone else is doing like too much it's too much it's too much it's too much I also feel like maybe our moms had this but not not our grandmothers and certainly like not really anybody before them. I feel like the women who did like who were growing up in the 60s and 70s, I guess that is our parents, like they were 
women rights, women's rights were huge. Women were going to work for the first time. They were going to college and everyone was just like, this is what we're fucking doing and it's badass and like you can focus on this and it's totally okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now we're like having a swing back, but we're like in this like tr- middle period where it's like, well, actually you have to do both. Like <laughs> yeah. you can't pick one. You kind of have to do all of it, which – puts people in a bad position because we're always multitasking and we're always like Mm -hmm. thinking about multiple things at once. And I feel like when I feel like a bad mom, a lot of the core of that is that I'm distracted or I'm focused on something else when Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be like hanging out with TJ. I'm looking at my phone. I'm Mm -hmm. emailing. I'm like, you know, very distracted and then it also makes him seem annoying to me yeah. when I'm like focused on when I want to be doing something else totally. and she's like in the room and yeah. wanting to play with me I'm like no you're like you're annoying <laughs> so I'm trying like so true. I think Julia Stern posted this thing a few weeks ago that's really been sticking with me that was like you can only be it's like you can't be present, relaxed, and engaged at the same time. You can only be one thing. So just pick one of those things and be that thing for a chunk of time. Yep. Yeah. And like yesterday, I was having a bad day. I was with TJ all day. I had no help. And the morning was so chaotic. And I got mad at people. And I was like, not my best self. And I just felt like a bad mom. And I felt like I handled a lot of things in my personal life, like not well, just kind of mm-hmm. like a bad person. And then in the afternoon, I was like, okay, TJ and I are going to have an outing and I'm only going to focus on him for like an hour and a half. And we went to the pool and I played with him and he and I like connected and engaged and we had like a great afternoon. And I was like, that's all I needed. Like, that's all I'll remember for the day now is like, I picked a small amount of time to be engaged with him. And Mm -hmm. I feel like quality over quantity does help. Yep. If you like think about your time with your kids that way, if you're like, I'm going to carve out an hour to be super present Yep. and Mm -hmm. we're going to connect. And then the rest of the time, if they're watching TV, so be it. Like we had a really good connection today. So, so true. Like sometimes all it takes is like me sitting down and dumping out all of his little dinosaurs and us playing for a second. And Mm -hmm. he is like so ecstatic, just me engaging with him in that way. So I totally agree with that. Yeah. When I, I've talked about this with my therapist, (laughs) surprise, surprise, mom guilt. And we talked about like the fix to mom guilt is just Mm. overall boundaries in all aspects of your life. So for me, like work tends to overlap into personal life, which causes guilt on both sides, not just mom guilt, but like employee guilt and like work guilt that like, I didn't quite get to that today, but I also am not present sitting here with Alice because I'm checking emails or I'm responding to a client or something. And it's like, I have to set those work boundaries to where like at 5 PM, my phone is in my room and I can be engaged or it's even like boundaries around the screen time. Like I talked about, that's a big mom guilt thing for me. It's like, okay, we're allowed to watch this one. We're going to watch an hour of this movie and then we're going to switch it off and we're going to go outside or we're going to yep. do whatever. And it's like it's like I have to be proactively setting those boundaries in order to yeah. save myself 
the mom guilt. And a lot of that's around social media too. Like if I hit a level of screen time that day for myself where I'm seeing too much shit that makes me feel shitty about how what kind of mom I am, it's like it's time to put that away and I need to read a book instead or I need to whatever. When I think about mom guilt and like my suggestion to people, it's like to sit down and to take a look at the parts of your life that produce the mom guilt and to like set some boundaries around them that can help your mental health (laughs) and protect you from that mom guilt a little bit, you know? I feel like, Candice, you're so good at like taking these big problems and like big feelings and like backtracking them and then coming up with like an organized (laughs) solution of like how to approach them in your life. Like I know you've done this in your like personal assistant work before, but like I just Mm -hmm. feel like you're really good at like, okay, what can I workshop? What can I write down? How can I organize my time so that I'm addressing these like overwhelming feelings? And I feel like that's what you just You made me think of what triggers like mine. That's such a compliment. (laughs) Thank you. It's funny that you say that when I was started to look for a therapist like a year or so ago, it was so important to me that I picked a therapist that like specifically gave me like actionable, like things like that, like workshop things. Like I didn't want a therapist who was just going to like talk to me about my feelings. Don't worry. Like that's necessary, but I wanted someone to that was going to like give me strategic, like actionable things to like workshop the, like those problems in my life. Cause that's ultimately like what makes me feel better. So happy to offer up anything I learn and that has helped me. So yeah, I feel like the exercise of setting boundaries, like the step before that is like setting or thinking about what you want in life. Cause we're talking about mom guilt specifically, but I feel like for women, it's like, okay, I have mom guilt. I'm going to focus, you know, all my time on my child. And then what do you have? Work guilt. And then what do you have? Guilt because you're not being present with your partner or Mm -hmm. you're letting your body go and you're not eating healthy. It's just like no matter where you go, there's somewhere that's lacking. So like by being like, these are all the things I'm really focused on, you know, my health, my child and my relationship this week. And I'm going to like mm-hmm. set up boundaries, AKA like time blocks or some kind of outline where it's like, I don't have to feel guilty about sacrificing in these other areas because I've pointed out that this is what I'm focusing on now. Yep. Totally. I almost brought this up earlier, but I was like, wait, this is a mom guilt episode. I shouldn't, but it's relevant <laughs> because the same way I scroll social media and see moms with their sensory tables and like their activities and feel guilty. I also see the 20 somethings that don't have kids yet that have, they're like, follow my Sunday reset self-care routine. And they like, you know what I mean? Walk you through all the things they did that day that like resets their life. And then I feel guilty that I'm not taking care of myself enough or I don't have time to like go to the Pilates class and then get a smoothie and like do this, all the shit. And it's like, no matter where I turn (laughs) on the internet, there's something I'm not doing enough of. And that is exactly what they talk about in the movie Barbie and why I bawled my fucking eyes out (laughs) because I, it's just so exhausting to be a woman and it's so complex. There's so many facets of our being in our life that we have to keep like prim and proper and perfect. And like, it's so exhausting. It's so exhausting. Yeah. 
I'm so glad you mentioned that with the Sunday reset because nothing like pisses me off more than watching a 25 year old do their morning routine starting at 9 a.m. <laughs> that ends at 11 a.m. And I'm like, bitch, I've lived three lives yeah, during yeah. that time. But at the same time, I do feel like I need some grounding in my life right now. Like I yeah. feel very like up in the air, like frenetic energy where I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. like I need to ground, I need to journal, and I just am not doing it. I'm just yeah. Not doing you're not it. making the space. Yeah, I I God, this is like my biggest struggle right now in life. I feel like is just my like energy of all the different facets of my life is like miss is not balanced, and so I don't know. There's there is a, a life coach I follow who I love. Her name's Lindsay Mango. You should all go look her up, um, and. She like has she has a a reel she posted recently that is like stuck with me. And she's like, if you could wave a magic wand, form the week of your dreams. Like the and I'm talking about normal day. I'm not saying like we go to uh, you know the Moroccan islands. Like I'm not saying that. I'm saying like your everyday <laughs> week. If you could wave a magic wand, like what would it look like? And in my magic week, like I have like a str- like all of its balance. Like there's a little bit of time for me. There's a little bit of time for Alice. There's a little bit of time for me. And it's like, it's so hard to find that balance. And it's honestly overwhelming to even like think about how you create that and how is it realistic? Because there's always shit that's happening that throws everything off balance. Like last week, my car just shut down in the middle of the road. And it's like (laughs) that completely threw off the rest of my day and my week. And then I had to put off work things. And then tomorrow's day is like off balance with work. It's like, I struggle with like the balance of it all, you know? So true. It's hard when we're pregnant too. Like I feel like my best self when I'm not pregnant, obviously. And like Mm -hmm. once Graydon got a little older and I created that routine for myself again, where I would uh, work out, which makes me feel like my best self where I was like, I had something to focus on, like getting my body back. And then going to pick up Graydon was like, I was already in such a better mood because I did something for myself that day. Whereas now I'm just kind of like just a fat pregnant lady sitting on my couch waiting for the days to go by until I have a baby. So it's just like, I feel like you said, shame, just it's just not sitting right right now. Like the balance is definitely off. Yeah. So Yeah. Well, you're doing the Lord's work literally. The baby mm-hmm. is growing inside you. We all are, so yeah. we should all yeah. give ourselves a little bit yeah. of a break. But I wanted to ask, I feel like we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but the anecdote question, like what would you say is your best piece of advice or the thing that you do that makes you feel like freed of your mom guilt and able mm-hmm. to like get back to enjoying motherhood? Mine is definitely what I talked about. I like like after you put your baby to bed tonight, sit down and think about the things that trigger your mom guilt. Like for me, screen time, like answering emails while I'm trying to spend time with Alice, whatever those things may look like and try to set some boundaries around those and hold them firm as firm as they can be to try to set yourself up to not experience that mom guilt. For me, like almost always the 
answer to everything is just like mindfulness. And that's like exactly what this is, like having some mindfulness around what triggers me and how I can like combat it. I feel like that's the only thing that works for me. I And also for those boundaries to be realistic, I think it would be so unrealistic for me to say we're never going to watch screens. Like that's just a part of our life. And I, I, I love watching Tangled with her. Like I genuinely (laughs) enjoy that. Like I, it's one of my favorite things. So it's like make those boundaries realistic for your life, but also like protect your mom guilt as at the same time. Yeah. And like trust yourself. Like mm-hmm. Alice loves doing that too, you know? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if if it's something that you're both enjoying and she's healthy, like yeah. I don't know, just I don't know, feel empowered to to listen to your own gut and not yeah. what all the the voices are saying. For sure. Yeah. I feel like for me, we touched on but um just succumbing to the playtime and letting go of maybe the tasks or things I had in place. Like I think maybe the biggest shame is when like my biggest trigger is when my house is not clean. Yeah. That's a, that's a trigger of mine too. For sure. And it, it releases like so much anger. And for when Graydon comes home and like I said, dumps the dinosaurs and just creates a bigger mess. I get on edge, like pretty bad. And that's when I can have an explosive moment. So I think Mm -hmm. just allowing myself to succumb to, all right, he dumped the dinosaurs. I'm going to sit down and have an enjoyable moment with him versus me trying to hurry and pick things up because my anxiety spiking that my house is a mess. Um, So hard. (laughs) I know. That's like probably my biggest trigger. And Chris doesn't get it. He's like, the house is fine. I'm like, no, it is not. This is where I work. This is where I'm at. 100% of my time is in my house. And when things are all over the place, I feel chaotic. So yeah, just and having a more of a routine, like how you do it, Shannon. Um, like this afternoon, Chris said, he's not coming home till late. He's working a late shift. So I've already thought, I'm going to pick Graydon up and we're going to waste an hour at Costco. And then by 4.30, like, we'll come home, we'll play, I'll make him dinner, blah, blah, blah. Like, I have something in mind, and that is already, like, calming to me um, versus yeah. just, like, coming home and dumping him and being like, guess I'll turn on the freaking TV because I can't go outside. And so just yeah. having sort of, like, a an idea in, my, in mind this afternoon That's is fine, already, yeah. like, calming me. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think – Along with like the organization setting boundaries and just feeling like clear in your own goals and like trusting your own decisions, like communicating with your partner and asking for help when you need it. And then also just like talking to your friends like this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like when you know that other people deal with the same thing, because I mean, it's called mom guilt for a reason. It's like ubiquitous. Everybody feels it Mm -hmm. and everyone knows it's bullshit, but everybody (laughs) feels it. It's like, okay it's okay. Yeah, We're going to get through it. And then the other thing is just reframing when I'm feeling like I'm not doing the right things, just reframing like I haven't been the best mom today, but I am a great mom. Yeah. Like just because I don't feel like I've done the best job or I've made a couple mistakes, like I'm not – that doesn't make me a bad mom or a bad person. I just – 
just can course correct. Yep. Like the week yeah. has been well. Yep. I need the to month write has that been on good. a post-it note and <laughs> hang it. No, I'm, I'm not like- kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm someone who like writes affirmations and puts them in front of my desk. And that's a yeah. good one. It's like, even if I'm not the best mom today, I am a great mom. Like today Reflect doesn't. Reflect on the week as a whole. Yes. Yeah. Like Brene Brown says, she says, I made a mistake. I'm not a mistake. Like taking mm-hmm. the identity out of your mistakes. Yeah. like, yeah, I made yeah. a mistake, but everyone does. Well, and also it's like the saying is, you know, no one told you that being a mom is this hard, but it's only hard for the moms that care the most and yes. are doing the most and trying to do their best for their child. So that's why we feel that way all the time. Yeah. It's because yeah. we want the best for them. So mm-hmm. also you said something really good, Shannon, you said about just communicating with your partner. So don't get me wrong. The house gives me anxiety when it's messy, but Vinny is like actually definitely neater than me and is a neat so freak. Lucky. And mm, I don't know. But um pros and cons, pros so, and cons. Well he grew up with a mom who didn't work and like is a neat freak. And so like his house was never dirty growing up. And so something I used that used to make me feel a lot of mom guilt was like I would work all day. I'd be stuck at this desk and then Alice would come home and I'd want to be present with her. So I didn't have time to like pick up or maybe put the dishes away or like whatever. And Vinny would come home and I could sense his disappointment. I'm not kidding. (laughs) Like I could feel his disappointment that maybe I didn't have time to pick up or the blankets on the couch are not like folded or whatever it is. And I just started to communicate better about, Hey, I had a really busy day. I didn't have time to pick up after Alice goes to bed. Maybe we can tag team it or something. Yeah. And that diffuses everything like, yeah. Or maybe I was supposed to prep dinner and I didn't have time to like go and get chicken from the store or something. Just sending that text to be like, Hey, my day was back to back. Like I didn't have time to do this. Like we're going to order pizza tonight or whatever. He is always super sweet. And he's like, he's like, no problem, babe, like whatever. And it's just about the communication and like letting him know before he gets here that like, it's not fine and dandy. Shit was crazy today. (laughs) Shit was crazy. And like, that's okay. And it's really just about like keeping that communication open to like, save you that guilt because I would always feel guilty when he would come home and it'd be a mess and I'd be like I'm sorry I just had I think so it, much yeah. to do I think at this point Chris understands how quickly things can turn it could be clean one second and mm-hmm. then it's like and you're like yeah I mean you have to clean the house if you work from home or you're home during the day like I clean the kitchen three times a day yeah I mean, yeah. I've actually started being like why am I cleaning the kitchen after lunch? I'm going to clean it after dinner. Like, Oh, for sure. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Some Mm -hmm. of like letting go of the expectations of perfection, let your partner know. And Mm -hmm. then also like free yourself of that burden. Like we can't do it all. Yeah. No, we can't. (sighs) I love this podcast so much. (laughs) (laughs) Truly like just so makes me feel so seen. And I love the messages we get from everyone. And I feel like this is an episode where people are going to be like, yes. Yeah, there's so much more to cover too. Like, yeah, I'm sure we'll have a bajillion other episodes about 
Yeah. I'm already thinking like you feel guilty going on date night because you have to get a babysitter and then you have a pit about that. And it's just like Oh my God, the babysitter (laughs) thing, like introducing new babysitters. Oh yeah. It's just like there's so Mm -hmm. much to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or even like with me, with my mom, like I feel guilty that my mom watches her like almost more than I do five days a week. Like I feel guilty that I'm like, even though she tells me it's the greatest joy of her life, I still feel freaking guilty about it. Yeah. Well, I loved that chat. Thank you guys Mm -hmm. for opening up. And I think it was a really good one. Yeah, I think so too. Love you guys. We're doing our best. Love you. (laughs) Love you. Thank you so much for being a part of our mom group chat. New episodes drop every Tuesday. And don't forget, the group chat is blowing up on our Instagram page. So make sure you're following along over there. All right, got to go. My toddler just put something in her mouth.